This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 214. Lori Hammond on Going Live. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program. It's Jason Lynette here with a content pack session this week joined by Lori Hammond out of Colorado. And Lori is someone who's been on the scene for a little while now, someone who in this conversation, of course, you're going to hear some of the personal backstory of overcoming some challenges thanks to hypnosis and a bit of a colorful adventure going through different hypnotic practitioners to finally find a style and approach that really was a fit with her specific goals. And the title of this week's session of going live in one part goes to the mindsets of Lori drives a lot of attention to her business by being one of the few people out there I've seen actually really making use of a Facebook live in such a way that, well, people are actually interacting, participating and gaining something. And then of course, those that are seeing that, Hey, this is something that's going to be a fit for me, then continuing on that journey and working with Lori directly as well. So take some notes on this one, because you're going to learn a lot of great takeaway strategies and mindsets in terms of working with your clients, as well as specifically the weight loss niche. What are some mindsets that going into that we really need to address to really lock in that personal effective change. So this is a great session here with Lori. And we talk about the mindsets of business, of really scaling things up and reaching a bigger audience. And while you're looking at the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com, be sure to also head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. This is where I share the all-access pass to my hypnosis business training library, techniques to scale up your business year after year, and real methods that I've tested for you to really jumpstart that success. And again, check that out. It's a whole online active community at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's session. This is episode number 214, Lori Hammond on Going Live. Well, Jason, for me, I had struggled with my weight since childhood. I remember at the age of seven thinking that I was fat because I had heard my mom talk about her struggle with weight. And I identified as a fat person. I stressed out about my jeans being too tight. I started obsessing with food. And when I look back at pictures of myself at the age of seven, I realized I was actually a twiggy little thing. And it's amazing how that, you know, the hypnotic suggestion of a seven-year-old, me believing that I was fat, caused my body to eventually line up with that idea. And I had been diagnosed over the years as a food addict with binge eating disorder, and I felt like I was broken. I had tried every diet, I had tried medical weight loss programs, I had been in and out of therapy, and I felt incredibly discouraged. And somewhere I had heard that hypnosis can create permanent weight loss and that it creates more permanent results than any other program out there. And I was intrigued and I was a little bit afraid of hypnosis, having been raised with certain religious views that made me think that hypnosis might be something magical or scary. And so I was so desperate that I decided to go ahead and look into this anyway. And I started looking for hypnosis, uh, hypnotists locally, and I 
Googled and I couldn't find any pictures of anyone. And I thought, I want to know who I'm meeting with. <laughs> yeah. and, and I, you know, there was nothing to build any kind of rapport or make me want to reach out to anyone. And it was scary for me because I thought, I'm going to let someone control my mind. <laughs> and I found a couple if hypnotists. They're gonna, if they're going to brainwash me, I might as well know. What <laughs> yes. right? That was my thought process yeah. at the time. So I found a couple local hypnotists and I went, I met with one woman and we just, we did not have rapport. I really struggled to, it, it wasn't a positive experience. So I went and found another hypnotist and it also wasn't great. And it, it's because I had this analytical mind going that we always hear about as hypnotists and they, they didn't have these amazing pre-talks that you teach. And I decided I'm going to learn this for myself. And I had been listening to Mike Mandel's podcast. So I went ahead and signed up for Mike Mandel's Architecture of Hypnosis, uh, actually for his online academy first. And he laid such a beautiful foundation for me and helped me understand that hypnosis isn't about mind control. You know, where I came to a hypnotist because I thought they will be masking over my tendency to be a, a food addict or to have binge eating disorder. He helped me understand that I could step outside that trance that I had put myself in of believing that I was broken and believing that I was out of control around food so that I could step into my, my true ability to be in control and to change my state and to release cravings. And so it was just a really amazing, beautiful experience for me. Yeah. And we tend to jump around to all sorts of themes because in that what was it, opening um, two minutes or so just now, you hit on about a dozen things I want to talk to you about. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's kind of jump around because I'd say one of the reasons I invited you on here that we've known each other for, what is it, about a year or so? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that one of the things that I've seen you doing recently, and I'll say this as a negative elsewhere, but I say positive for you, that there's a lot of people who have really figured out that if I go online and I just communicate with people, the right people who I want to work with are the ones who are going to start to call me. And it's not necessarily, let's call it a law of attraction strategy. It's that clearly we are attracting the people who are fit for what we're doing by putting that content out there. And at the same time, dispelling those that are not quite a fit, let's say it yet, um, for what we do. But when you've been doing that, you've been coming out there with a lot of just integrity, a lot of um, focus towards providing a good positive message, and not just the classic, uh, buy my crap, buy my crap, buy my crap. So when you're looking at, you know, going, let's call it away from strategy, because there you were trying to at least find a photo. And I think you're one of those people who is really doing an amazing job of just putting yourself out there. What's kind of your mindset? when you're when you're just going out live on Facebook or just sending that that message out there? That's a great question because I really am intentional about what I'm doing. And a big part of it is when I was looking for someone, I, I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel like I sort of knew that person in advance. And so my whole goal with everything I put out on my little Facebook lives and that sort of thing is to build rapport, to get people to know, like, and trust me so they feel safe to come to me with with their problems and the second part is to just start to deliver massive value up front this is um gary vaynerchuk's jab 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 right hook which is uh inches away from me right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an amazing an amazing idea and it's also partly motivated by 
you saying a right um a rising tide raises all ships am i saying which that is right? actually uh anthony gailey who said that on the podcast oh, okay. he was actually quoting uh john f kennedy jr but i love that people keep saying that i'm the one who said it so we'll, i'll give we'll it to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i feel that the more i give people value up front the more that they'll recognize the value in working with me and it's, that's really paid some rich dividends yes so when you say value up front, can you give an example of something that you've just, you know, you've shared from that environment? Sure. I've, so I've recently started putting out little Facebook lives and my goal is to continue to do that two or three times a week and share things that are a response to something that people that are inside my weight loss group are asking. So the most recent Facebook live I did was on three mindset shifts you can adopt to allow you to stay quote motivated even though that's not a word that i really like to stay on track even when weight loss is slow and i gave them three actionable steps inside that little podcast that will let them shift their mindset in a way that helps them think about things differently but the main intention of again that value first which for those that don't know the the reference to the book um, gary vaynerchuk is well known in social media circles the book is jab 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 right hook where the premise is, uh, it's just value first. Let me share, let me share, let me share. And now I'm going to ask for something in return or give the next step of here, you can learn this, you can learn this, you can learn this, followed by click here to learn even more, click here to watch the video or, you know, fill out this form below to get started. Yes, yes. Yeah. So which I'd have to ask that, you know, clearly the way that you're doing it now is not where it started. What kind of, let's say, call it lessons and learnings have you picked up from, from doing that over the year? So a couple lessons. One is to do it before you're ready. It's scary to get on video. It's scary to get on Facebook Live and know if you screw up, the whole world is gonna see it and there is no, you know, no edit button afterward. And I think just getting outside your comfort zone and letting yourself start is an incredible an incredible process and my videos have I my videos have progressed a lot since the first one I made <laughs> and the second learning would be at, at times I've I've gotten in front of the camera and said hey I'm starting my next weight loss my next round of a weight loss group I would love for you to join me and it's just kind of putting that off it sounds salesy and it feels salesy when I say it so I am am not as congruent as when I'm just delivering value to them. And by just delivering that value, they, when I do, you know, put out that right hook and say, hey, I'm starting my next weight loss program, so many more people are interested because I'm not just coming across salesy. They've already established a relationship with me and I've been messaging a lot of these people through direct messenger and communicating with them one-on-one, -on -one, listening to their story. And it just, it converts a lot better. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the, the value first mindset and yeah, you know, my pattern has been for years, give, 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 get. And when, when you're going into it, clearly, I mean, there's a level of congruency that has to be there that clearly, yes, I am operating a business. Um, and this is something that here's a service that I provide. And to be at times just as satisfied with the person who is getting that valuable content. And if all they needed were those three strategies to stay more motivated and they get the result to be just as happy with that one as the one who goes through your entire program. Now let's, let's kind of look at it from the actual practical side, which I think we already got the answer, but I'd love you to elaborate on it, that 
you seem to have honed in on focusing specifically on weight loss, correct? Yes. So what was that decision point? What is, are, do you, are you working with things around that or really just going in, this is the one thing I do? That So I do a lot of in-person uh, networking. I go to networking groups every week and have one-on-ones with the people that I meet in those networking groups more than anything, just to refine and get clarity about the way I present my message. And what I found is, Jason, you're gonna have to r- remind me of the question that you just asked. Because <laughs> if you, uh, if you uh, Kate, don't edit that out. If you, uh, <laughs> this is where we get the genuine moment. Um, where if you are working with things beyond the way. Oh, yes, edge. yes. Yeah. So I, I have been presenting myself to in these in-person networking groups as the weight loss expert. And it's so interesting because I have people coming and asking me to help them with their anxiety or help them with all, you know, to improve their performance as a public speaker or their sports performance. So I think there's a fear around niching down and being really specific about what you do. There's this kind of scarcity mindset underneath that. But I decided to just get brave and go with weight loss because that's really where my passion and my heart is. That's what brought me to hypnosis. And I get so excited when I see people set free of those old limiting beliefs that I have decided to hone in 100% on weight loss. And it's interesting because when I did that, I actually started getting more clients from other other avenues as well. Yeah, which uh, I want to highlight something that you just talked about there of the networking environment to really sharpen that message because I'd imagine you're refining that message in the networking environment where sometimes you're there and you get to give that elevator, <laughs> excuse me, you get to give that elevator pitch maybe 20, 30 times, if not more, in the room in one day. And now, as soon as you're going live on Facebook and being captured on video, that message is now refined because you've already workshopped that. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. And I think that elevator message is incredibly important. That's that's really the number one reason I decided to do these events. And it's cool because the way the my favorite networking group, we actually sit around a table. There's 31 people at each event, and each person stands up and gives their their pitch. So you get to listen to 31 pitches and you get to pitch to 31 people simultaneously. And it's so cool. You know, as hypnotists, we are taught to calibrate people's responses. So you can really notice what lands and what doesn't land, what lights people up and what, what falls flat. So it's incredibly effective. Yeah. So to rewind back again, even further, what was the, what was the career path? What was the interest before hypnosis? I, I was a hairstylist. <laughs> so standing. <laughs> yes, I was I got married at 19 and I at 18, had my first baby at 19, and I was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years and I always wanted to do hair. I just loved the I, the creativity and connecting with people and so after my divorce, I started doing hair and I did hair for about 7 years. And it was as a hairstylist that I started researching hypnosis and visiting hypnotists and learning this. And I enjoyed it so much and I learned so much of what I had, I used so much of what I learned through hypnosis to build rapport with my clients, to help them feel heard, to help them tap into their own resources to solve their problems because people use their hairstylist as their therapist. 
And that was part of what I enjoyed so much. So from the experience, and I know there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, have taken classes, taken trainings, even done more education than you and I have, and yet they still feel they're at that transitional point of going, yeah, but I just need that one more document. I need that one more advanced certification. And they're playing that that paper chase rather than than jumping in. So from the experience of doing hair, what are the skills you developed in that world that you've now clearly brought over to the hypnosis world? I think the most valuable skill I learned was building rapport with my clients, making them feel loved, making them feel heard, just really listening and jumping into their story instead of being a wait to talker, showing genuine interest. And Mike Mandel talks about this in his training where he he says, when you're talking to someone, pretend they're the most interesting person in the world. And that's the easiest way to build that rapport instead of trying to mirror and match them. Just dig in and, and really listen. And I think that is the most valuable skill that I transferred from doing hair to working with my one-on-one -on -one clients. Yeah, yeah. So in the nature of the work you're doing nowadays, is it mostly one-to-one? -one? Is it groups? What's the, what's the structure of that? I, I'm slowly transitioning. I really love my one-to-one -one work and I'm slowly transitioning to doing more group work and really moving people into my program. And the reason is that I've, I believe there's an energy that takes place when people are doing something together as a group. I mean, science, studies show that it skyrockets your success when you do something as a group. So having that community where you can be with a bunch of like-minded people who are all doing the same thing that you are and readjusting their mindsets in the same way, I feel that it's actually more effective than my one-on-one -on -one sessions. So even though the program is, it, it's not as profitable for me as one-on-one. -on -one. When it scales, it will be. But at this point, I just, I know it's more effective and it lights me up to see the way people, you know, when I see the little messages inside my group saying, oh my gosh, I just had this aha moment. And I just realized I was able to walk away from my meal when I had only eaten half of it and I feel great about it. It's, it just, it's, it's really validating for me. So I'm moving t away from one-on-ones. I still enjoy my one-on-ones, but into more of the group work and the program work. Yeah, and I know that a lot of the work you do is online. What are you doing to facilitate that group dynamic even in an online format? Yes, yeah, so I do uh, weekly Zoom sessions for the, the people inside my group, and there's usually anywhere between five and 25 people on the call, depending on how many people are going through the program at the time. And it's so cool because the way I, the way Zoom is formatted, it's almost like you can have everybody up on the screen, Brady Bunch style. Yeah. <laughs> so when you walk them through a protocol, you can watch them there, you know, they're upright at first and you start walking them through an induction and you see everybody's heads kind of slump at the same time. Some people are <laughs> slumping forward and some people are slumping backwards. And it's just, it's a really cool experience and I feel like, you know, in the same way if you were doing group hypnosis inside a big room, there's that energetic shift that happens when one person sees another person going into a trance, they, their mirror neurons fire in a way that let them go deeper. And that exact same thing happens virtually inside Zoom.
Yeah. So getting that feedback mechanism where now it's people thriving off of each other. And I'd imagine if I can mind read it, because it's an ongoing program, you're hearing, everyone's hearing the feedback. And, and that is a category where it's like, oh, yeah, I found this was easier. Now someone else is clicking and going, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yes. Yes. It, it is really cool the way people just... It, it snowballs when one person, and, and the other, the opposite is true as well, where people will say, oh, I'm really struggling with this. And because they post it inside the group, I can do a little bit, a little Facebook live and say, this is how you can address this issue. And so many people who would have been afraid to say that I'm struggling with this are affected because they saw the answer to that question inside the group. And I'd imagine you might have the experience where now someone else is answering it even before you can get there, which is part of that group dynamic as well. Yes, and I love it when that happens. <laughs> which is where, no, I will not say that in my business systems group, sometimes I wait a day to answer questions because instead <laughs> the community is answering it now. You know, that's that fun of that dynamic. Um, to kind of go inside of the actual structure of the work, because, you know, we, we learn from inspiring sources. We learn from some of the great trainers and, you know, thinkers in this industry, but there does come that place where, it's kind of that mesh of making it our own, but at the same time, bringing that unique experience, that unique perspective. So let's talk about weight loss, because that is as much as it is a big part of what a lot of hypnotists work with. Um, I think it's one of those sort of misunderstood categories. What, If you had to kind of sum up your approach to working with these folks, what would you describe that as? That's It's an interesting question because... You know, I don't just basically explain your entire model of the world the next Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can do that. No, piece of cake. So nothing that I do is something that I would consider proprietary. Everything that I do has been influenced by the man that I would consider my friend and mentor, Mike Mandel, and Freddie Jacqueline, Melissa Tears. I've drawn from the work of Gordon Emerson and James Tripp and you, Jason. Just it's It's an amalgamation of studying these people who have such a beautiful, rich knowledge base and utilizing their protocols and their thought processes to, to facilitate a subconscious change in people. And I have a lot, so my program just delivers a short little daily video every day and I have things like the NLP rewind technique or the fast phobia cure and I've kind of adopted Melissa Tears re-imprinting protocol and and tweaked it to make it my own so that it could get to the, you know, if somebody believes they have a trauma underneath their, you know, if they consider themselves emotional eaters, it lets them release that trauma. So I have used so many different approaches and protocols. My intent was to essentially address Dilt's logical levels of change where they're being impacted, it's impacting their environment, their beliefs, their abilities, and even their identity and their sense of purpose so that they come, a, come a, away from this feeling like they're equipped to handle any kind of situation that arises in their life and change their state and walk in freedom. Which is beautiful because it's, you know, it's not just the environment, it's not just the behaviors, it's going as high as, you know, identity and perception of whatever is above that as well, which that's one of those things that I think is mostly underlooked. And I'm actually having to Google at the same time to go in five or six years, have I done a podcast on logical <laughs> levels? I'm pretty certain I have. And um, 
it's only ever slow as I'm recording. But so I love that of taking that as the foundation and then, no, we haven't yet. Ooh, that's going to come your way rather soon. So to look at that whole structure of that, is that something that you're calling out, let's say, as an overt strategy? Or is that something that you're basing your process off of to make sure all the appropriate points are being hit? Yeah, uh, yes to both. So okay, initially, yeah. when I created the program, it was it was the it was in the back of my mind. This is what I want to accomplish. I want people to change on an identity level and even one up above that, which is purpose. Because when you are really living a purpose driven life, everything beneath that becomes easier. And sometimes I'll teach dilts. I'll teach this logical levels. I think I actually just did this in my last. Last week's Zoom session, we talked about logical levels and how when you have a sense of purpose, it affects everything else. And then I walked them through a little hypnotic protocol to tap into a sense of purpose. And, and I think that it, this last session that I did actually was really cool because some of the people in the group actually gave me new ideas about having a sense of purpose and finding purpose in each moment. So, you know, where we sometimes are looking off in the future and imagining ourselves doing something really great and transformational, I think sometimes when we just come into the present moment and think what's awesome about right now and what can I do right now in this moment to feel amazing, there's something really magical about that. Yeah, which for those that are not familiar with uh, Dill's work on logical levels, it's from the ground up in terms of foundation, addressing environment, then addressing behavior, then addressing capabilities, followed by values and beliefs, upper of that, the identity, then finally that level of some would say purpose, some would say spirit. Uh, is there is there a story that comes out specifically of that purpose level um, that helps to illustrate how this has been effective with weight loss? whether it's one of your clients or even you? Yeah, I would say for myself, so sometimes, you know, we all have a sense of maybe sometimes imposter syndrome or have a session with a client where <laughs> I've had sessions where I thought, well, why am I even doing this? What this person doesn't didn't get it at all. What am I doing wrong? And when I look at that bigger sense of purpose, sometimes I'll even save my testimonials that come in so that I can go back and read those and realize I am making a difference or I'll get an email in that moment that says, thank you so much for our session yesterday. You completely changed my thought process and I've gotten this victory and this victory. So I know for me, sometimes when I'm in that present moment slump of feeling like I'm not making a difference, if I step back and look at the big picture and think about being a seven-year-old girl and playing Wonder Woman and thinking someday I wanted to save the world, you know, thinking, I know there's a way out of this and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to share it with other people. And I believe that hypnosis is the vehicle for me that allows me to do that. And when I focus on that big picture and even just imagine that Wonder Woman purpose, it changes everything for me. Beautiful. There's, um, I'd share a quick anecdote of something that kind of hits that theme of a client that she was in for weight loss. And she said something that you, you have these moments where the client hits this epiphany, they make this discovery, and you kind of realize it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that too. That sounds like a good idea. And she goes, well, I realized everything I did had a result somewhere in the body. So if I ate something that I just knew was not healthy for me in any way and served no nutritional value, 
here's the result it's going to have in my body in terms of stressing the system, uh, not even just the potential weight gain of something of that choice, but just goes, it's just not going to make my body function to the best way it can. Meanwhile, uh, here's this other choice I can make, whether it's as simple as choosing the healthier option, dining out, or just going out for a walk. And really, it was my responsibility, as she put it, to make as many as those good choices, just take better care of myself. That from that perspective, it was no longer, oh, I'm on a diet, I have to lose weight. It was that better care for herself, that now every bite had a specific purpose, every bit of exercise, every bit of movement, every bit of responding to herself in a much more appropriate emotional way uh, was going towards that. So the purpose of the individual actions moving towards the purpose of taking better care of herself. So it didn't matter if the scale wasn't budging every single day because it was just a matter of stacking those up. And that's what really created that result. That is so beautiful. Isn't it awesome when our clients generate the answers for themselves? And you're there going, that's great. And going, how do I model that? And how do I guide other people into that same epiphany now? Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. So going back, um, not, not to branch off of a negative, uh, but as we like to say, uh, <laughs> you mentioned, and we of course don't need to get into you know who it was and where they live and all those details, but you mentioned a first experience with hypnosis where there was just, as you put it, a lack of rapport. Um, could you kind of characterize, I'm curious to characterize that for a moment. Sure. So the very first hypnotist I saw, she was in a small town in Colorado that I won't even name. <laughs> and her office was inside her house. So I walked into her house and it was this, it was very 1980. It had um, like a mauvey pink carpet and these big floral curtains. And for me, it was actually a trigger into some of my most unhappy childhood memories. <laughs> and then she sat down and she walked me through a protocol and was telling me to visualize. And I had this limiting belief at the time that I was unable to visualize. So it, it, I immediately just kind of turned off and thought, I can't do this, this isn't working, this is ridiculous. You know, all those thoughts that keep us in our own trance because we are our most powerful hypnotists. And I was hypnotizing myself to stay out of it. <laughs> and um, so that was my first experience. And then I saw another man and it's so interesting. I, I found him on the Google and he had a great reputation, was one, was one of the most well-known hypnotists in the area. And I would be sitting, I think I saw him for three sessions and I would be sitting in his wait, waiting room. And every time he would come around the corner, just before he appeared, I could hear him coming because he would go, <sighs> Oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, does he hate his job that much? <laughs> Which is the nonverbal equivalent of, let's just get this over with. <laughs> yes. And so that's what it felt like. That was kind of in the back of my mind. But it was really, you know, I had a cool experience with him because he did let me experience a somnambulistic trance you know, as my analytical self. Yeah. And I remember him telling me to open my eyes and look at my hand. And he was pinching the heck out of my hand and I didn't even know he was touching me. So it's been cool as I've, I've seen, you know, like Mike and Chris, Mike Mandel and Chris Thompson teach somnambulism and the art, the catalepsy and that sort of thing to know that I've experienced that in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, but not to branch off of it, but you were able to achieve that result. Were you, 
hypnotically, were you able to achieve the result you were going for in the process, though? I, I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, because I was, I was seeing him for the weight loss stuff, and I, that's a problem that was solved subsequently after mm. going a little bit deeper. And under, for me, I, I just understanding how much of my food issues and overeating issues were me hypnotizing myself to think I was broken. Yeah. And being able to step outside of that. Yeah, which I love what you had mentioned earlier about, you know, stepping outside of the trance state, mm -hmm. that here's the story as it was up until then, and then by seeing it from a different perspective, that's when things really took off? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Are there, are there elements of your own personal experience, of your own journey that have influenced or, you know, really have become parts of what you now do with people in your programs? So much, so much of it is based on my own experience. I essentially created the program that I wish I would have found many years ago. I remember searching for answers and I had heard a quote that said, when the student is ready, the teacher would appear. And just almost being in a state of desperation, thinking, I'm ready, I'm ready, show me the answer, I need to know. And, and to me, that's, that's what hypnosis has been. And that's what this process has taught me. And an unexpected side effect of me learning hypnosis, you know, I came to this for weight loss, but the unexpected side effect was that it helped me step out of a lifetime of severe chronic depression. I can't remember a time from my, you know, from my earliest childhood memories when I wasn't struggling with depression and didn't feel sort of hopeless and discouraged about life. And for me, learning the tools that let me change my state in a moment is that that is just the most powerful thing in the world learning that I can change my emotions that I can choose how I show up in the world and that I can choose joy in each moment no matter what's going on around me has just been a profoundly uh, beautiful experience there's a dialogue that's popped up here several times about working with that person specifically for weight loss and by the time we get to the end of it they feel much better about themselves, much more confident in their abilities, yet the scale isn't yet budging. The results not quite going there. Is that something that you found a way to kind of work through so it's not just getting past uh, the emotions, but also now getting into the tangible, here's what that now relates to in terms of taking better care of yourself? Yes, that's a great question. It's actually going to be the topic of my group call today because oh, last cool. week on the call, <laughs> one of the one of the women brought up sh that she is losing, but it's very slowly. I think she's lost 10 pounds over the past 10 weeks. And she was saying, I think some people might get discouraged about this, but I want people to understand that one pound is one pound and that's one pound down from where you were where you would have been otherwise. So my little Facebook Live that I just did was about getting perspective. So I'll say, imagine life a year from now. You've lost really slowly. Maybe you've only lost a pound a week. You're 52 pounds lighter and you're feeling healthier and you have these habits set in place, these mindset shifts set in place that are giving you this rich, full, beautiful life. And I... My, my goal with helping people is to get them to shift their mindset first and to get them to start to think like a thin eater and start to envision themselves at their ideal body weight. And what I found is that when a person 
starts to take their eyes off the problem, starts to take their eyes off of feeling broken and feeling stuck and why am I this way? What, what's wrong with me? And starts to actually look at themselves and envision a future where they can button that size two jean and there's no muffin top, where they can, you know, dance the night away because they have endless energy, where they can get up off the floor and play tag with their grandkids. It allows them to, their body is naturally going to start guiding them that way in the same way that myself as a seven-year-old child started thinking I was fat and my body lined up with that vision of myself. When people start to see themselves as being fit and thin and thinking about food the way a naturally thin person would and loving themselves and thinking about themselves in a positive way, it's almost like going in and doing that control room exercise. It naturally turns the metabolism up and turns the cravings down and helps them start craving salads instead of candy bars. And I find that they naturally start to gravitate towards their ideal weight. Which is beautiful because it's addressing the entire system of the person rather than just eat this, don't eat that. Right. Which back to back to purpose, there's a meaning behind everything now. There's an intention behind it. And that's what's allowing it to become something sustainable to not, you know, to to hedge off the, well, I lost it, but now I'm back into the old patterns. Yes. Yes. Is there is there a story of let's call it specific feedback uh, from a client that really stands out in terms of defining your approach to working with people, someone else's result? Well, what comes to mind, I worked with a woman from New Zealand who was referred to me by a fellow hypnotist in New Zealand. And she and I, I did a Zoom call with her the other day. I said, your success has just been absolutely phenomenal. And I would love to find out more about what you know, where your mindset was when you came in, what shifted for you so that I know how to, you know, build my ideal avatar. So when I'm marketing to people and drawing people in, I know who I'm talking to. And she told me that she was in a place before she found me where she was seriously considering uh, gastric bypass surgery. She was feeling incredibly discouraged. She was depressed. She was dealing with some autoimmune problems. And she thought of hypnosis as something for people that were weak-minded who needed to have their minds controlled. And through, you know, going through my program, she realized that it, the opposite is true, that this teaches her how to be stronger, how to be intentional about what she's thinking and what she's feeding her mind and her body. And she feels this freedom and this joy that is like nothing she has ever experienced before. And she's actually one of the people now that is posting and encouraging other people inside the group because this stuff has just clicked for her in a way that is beautiful. So, she, you know, she's out riding her bike with her grandkids and having a renewed energy and a renewed vitality in life where this the, the concepts that she's learned have allowed her to feel joy in so many different aspects. It's impacted her work environment and her relationships with her kids and her grandkids. What's beautiful inside of that too is just something you said in just one sentence about, and now she's in the group encouraging others. Yes. This is that nuance of even if it's just the testimonial from the client, it's helping them ratify that change that they've already created. 
Yes. It's helping them strengthen that message and that becomes put in our language, that becomes that direct suggestion message that they're delivering to themselves, strengthening just how far they've actually come. Yes. Yes. So how can people learn more about uh, the programs you offer and uh, your approach to things? Most of my audience I have actually built through Facebook and I've used my personal Facebook page more than anything because I, I have a business page, but I don't utilize it. But my Facebook page is just Lori Hammond. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And then my website is trancypants.com. That's awesome. like fancy <laughs> pants, but T-R-A-N-C-Y. And that's my landing page for my program, my my 30-day program. So it's super easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned before we connected that I love the nuance that uh, you were mentioning that as much as you work with muggles, uh, <laughs> you've been getting clients from an interesting community as well. Yes. Yeah, so what I didn't expect is that many hypnotists would be drawn to this work because I have so many... Uh, fellow hypnotists as friends on Facebook, when I've put little feelers out and said, hey, I'm doing this thing, so many of them have been interested. And it's kind of cool because even though many of them know this work, they understand the protocols, they know exactly what's going on, there's something really magical about actually being led through a process by another hypnotist that allows you to have a, just kind of relax into the process and get these aha moments. So I would say about 50% of my group are fellow hypnotists who absolutely love this process. And it's cool for me because then when we do these weekly Zoom calls or when people post inside the group, I get to hear their perspectives and get their feedback as well. So it, I love having other hypnotists in the group. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, you put together a code for people too? I did. So anyone who listens to this podcast, when they go to that landing page at trancypants.com and sign up, if you enter the coupon code JASON in all caps, it will give you 20% off the program if you'd like to sign up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you on here. Any final thoughts to share with the community that's out there listening? I would just say get outside your comfort zone. Don't wait till you're ready. Start talking to people, start sharing these gifts, start, you know, even if you're sitting down at lunch with a friend, walk them through some of these protocols. The best way to get comfortable is to just start doing it. And as you start using these protocols and using these processes, things are gonna click into place and you're gonna get these really cool aha moments. And the more you give to others, I believe the more you heal yourself, the more you start to step into freedom in your own life and enjoy the beautiful, rich experience that's available to you. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your social media streams and leaving your reviews online. Be sure to head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com to check out that special offer that Lori made. And also while you're on the webs, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. There's no need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to growing your successful hypnosis business. And that's why I give you the roadmap for your own success. Check that out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.